Welcome to the Australian Chiropractors Association podcast. The ACA is the peak body representing chiropractors in Australia. Hosted by ACA President Dr Anthony Coxon, these podcasts explore the science, art, philosophy and politics of chiropractic, as well as reviewing the latest research and discussing how chiropractors can strive for excellence in practice. Welcome to the Australian Chiropractors Association podcast. I'm your podcast host, Anthony Coxon. The 8th of March is International Women's Day, and you may have seen the various emails inviting ACA members to events all around the country to celebrate this special day. These events are, of course, organized by the Women in Chiropractic, but it's certainly not exclusively for women. In fact, I'll be attending the Melbourne Breakfast, where Dr. Bree Wadley, a first-year graduate, will talk about how she helped coordinate the ACA and Hands-On Health volunteer group that provided care for the fire-affected communities in East Gippsland. An interesting fact about the Women in Chiropractic, or WIC as they are known, it's actually the brainchild of Norm Brockley in his former role with CAA Victoria. Norm found himself often needing to give advice to women on gender-specific issues that he felt might be better handled in a support group environment. Well, WIC was so successful in Victoria that since the inception of the ACA, it has really gone gangbusters nationally. WIC really is a great example of engagement and inclusiveness and has the strong support of the ACA. And I'm very, very pleased today to be speaking with the brand new chair of WIC, Dr. Paula Stacey Thomas. Now, Paula is a 1997 Macquarie University graduate and for the last 21 years has been the principal chiropractor of the Chiropractic Domain Clinics based in Adelaide and Mount Gambier. She's been an avid supporter of the association, previously serving as state president with a former CAA South Australia. Paula was awarded Chiropractor of the Year in 2006 for her work on the CAA National Healthy Spines Program and she has subsequently completed a graduate certificate in health promotion. Paula's been state finalist in the Telstra Women's uh, Business Awards on three occasions. She's passionate about chiropractic and supporting and developing professional women. And amongst everything else, she's also mother to a blended family of five children. Hi, Paula. Welcome to the ACA podcast. Hi, Anthony. Thank you for having me on board today. So I often find uh, busy people have uh, a challenge of being conflicted. You're doing one thing and guilty about not doing something else. As an experienced chiropractor, clearly a successful businesswoman and mother of five, how do you manage uh, time and achieve that work-life balance? Well, it's funny you bring that up because the work-life balance topic is something that uh, many of the women in the women in chiropractic group want to discuss. And I think really um, there are a few myths to perhaps debunk about that. I think that it is true that perhaps while we strive for a balance, whether we actually achieve it or not is another thing entirely, be that men or women, um, and possibly constantly feeling pulled in, in different directions, as you said. The interesting thing is there's the expression of you want something done, give it to a busy person. And maybe a busy person is one that sort of finds ways of trying to make it happen. But I suppose the concern is at what expense, you know, does it affect them negatively or something that's important to them negatively? So I um, have often had people say to me, and there was a time a few years ago where things were really challenging in my young family and um, 
short on staff and between two clinics working and people used to say to me, uh, geez, Paula, you know, how do you keep it together? And internally I used to think, well, what makes you think I'm keeping it together? Yes. Maybe I've got a really good external face going on, but yeah, on the indeed. inside there's like, you know, little ducks, ducks legs under the water, just paddling, you know, madly away. Um, and unfortunately, you know, there have been times where I can say I haven't coped very well or, or my mental well-being has been affected. But the point is here is learning a couple of things. One is to learn how to say no, and that's based on prioritising. Um, and the second thing is asking for help and or delegating. And probably those two things are the things that help you make it through. Um, that would be my, my best suggestion. A good suggestion. And in the role that I have, uh, certainly I'm finding that delegation is a really, really important thing for me as well. You know, we don't have to do everything. Now, one of the things you're, you're obviously been involved with, with WIC uh, for some time. Tell me, what was it that first attracted you to, uh, to that particular committee? Well, it's funny, when the call went out for um, interested parties in each um, state area, um, that was at the time where things were just absolutely frantic in my life um, and just trying to make it all work. But I guess as a young professional woman growing up, I was always looking for um, support or mentoring or other people I could look to as an example that um, sort of seemed to be heading the direction that I wanted to head and I know how incredibly beneficial it was when I had those people in my mix um, and having done quite a few things in my career professionally both sort of in clinic being a clinic owner buying certain clinics associates whatever and also you know stuff involved with the healthy spines project there's a fair bit of things that I had learned through making mistakes and I felt well you know is important to have people in the generation behind me um, learn from some of my mistakes and perhaps give them some strategies. So that was where it came from that I decided that, yeah, I'll put my hand up even though I'm busy because I think this is a really important initiative. And I guess one of the unique things about women in chiropractic, and it's a, it's a myth I'd like to debunk for some people who may be concerned, it's not about feminism, it's not about women only, it's just respecting that there are unique things to our gender in how we think and how we do things and all roles that we play or culturally have been asked to play. And there are times when women just feel more comfortable interacting with other women. They're much better often at sharing. They're sometimes better at being that little bit of vulnerable in front of one another because they know generally that's met with empathy and encouragement, not judgment. So that is a really unique thing about women in chiropractic. So you've now stepped up to the uh, in, into the shoes of Bettina Tomatoro, who's uh, stood down um, after a great service uh, to WIC. Um, how are you feeling about stepping into the position of chair? Well, you know, stepping into anyone's shoes can be a little bit um, challenging because you're a different person. You might have a different style. I'm very respectful and grateful for the, the leadership that uh, Bettina has shown us and how she's looked at trying to take what was more of a state-based platform in Victoria to national and, and leading us on a certain journey. She was also instrumental last year in helping us develop the charter. So my role is to sort of take on where she left off in developing the charter or implementing the charter and making sure that we're carrying forth. But at the same time, I have some uh, perhaps different or unique ways of, of, of taking things and having a recent um, meeting with some of the admin people, the state managers that assist us and letting them know where my head's at and what I was hoping to achieve with WIC nationally in the next three to four years while I um, serve in the, in the role of the chair. I think it's one of the things that's really important, no matter how good a, a leader might be, um, ha having that sort of um, 
not generational change, but frequent enough change so that new leaders have an opportunity to step forward. I think that's uh, that's really, really critical. And succession planning in any role is uh, is an important thing. So fresh ideas come forward and people realize it's, a, it's about the organization or the, or, or the movement, not the person. Yeah, totally. And, you know, it's bigger than what you are. And in putting my hand up, I expressed to Bettina and the committee that, look, I only foresee really fulfilling this role for maybe two, three years. And I would be looking for others to then step on and continue and, and bring fresh eyes to it and continue the journey. I think that bodes well for a, for a healthy organisation. So um, the theme this year for International Women's Day is an equal world is an enabled world. What does that phrase mean to you? Well, that's that's a really good one. It, it I, as you know, I just needed to uh, write an article which will be coming out in the next month's um, ACA Australian Chiropractor, and there were sort of two things that came to mind. Um, working towards equality is something that is definitely a work in process in our in our culture and in our community at a wider aspect, and there are so many things that. Um, that contribute towards equality um, where there's been a dominant culture and for you know most of the time there's probably been more of a male dominant coach culture but things have started to change from the 70s 80s 90s and so forth but there's still pockets of beliefs or behaviors or, or cultural trends that still persist that that are in not equal um, and females are not always supported and it can be a big difference in uh, just expressing support, but actually making structural policy, real change in people's everyday behaviours that would actually support that. And then when we do that, when you bring, uh, when you've got a dominance, you know, one is over the other and actually you bring the other one up, that's when you actually get two levels of equality that both parties can bring their best to any situation and benefit from the differences in the two genders. Yeah, I think it's, uh, and the whole thing about the equality is it's not just good for, uh, for, for women. It's, I think it's also very, very healthy and good for men. However, I think some uh, males have a little bit of challenges adjusting to it and finding their place in a new world is, is challenging for some, but certainly it's a, it's a healthy direction to move towards. Yes, there, there are challenges, there's pockets, um, and it is a work in progress. And I think, um, one of the essential things is recognising that we do think differently, but it doesn't mean we have to stay on separate paths. If we can invite better conversation between the jesters and, and get inside one another's heads to think about why we think differently and where that's come from and could we take on board a different view, try on a different pair of shoes to look at a different way. And that's where you get the, the positives of both genders. And certainly, you know, it's been shown that when there, there is, uh, there's a difference in leadership style, in women's leadership style generally to men's leadership style, it doesn't have to be either or, it can be a both and. So taking a both and approach is far more um, leading towards success and equality at a broader level. Well, I can know from my own experience that um, of, with having Nicole Quinn and Julia Savasilis coming onto the ACA board, how that's changed the dynamic for the better for the way our board works. And it's not that we don't have, we didn't have, you know, some wonderful male directors there, but just the different perspective and, as you said, leadership style that um, and fresh eyes that a that a female brings to a conversation. I think. Uh, you know, certainly has already shown benefits for the way the ACA board uh, functions and, and no doubt that this would be the case, you know, right across, um, you know, many uh, working and uh, cultural environments. I remember a gentleman um, I met some years ago, um, probably about 20 years ago, one of his roles 
managers to go to companies and, and look at ways of improving it. And he would, he told me he used to go walk around the company or the manufacturing floor or whatever it was. And he would always ask people about, well, you know, why do you do things this way or that way? And what really flagged for him was if someone said, well, that's the way we have always done it. And yes. I guess that sort of rings, rings true. It's not change for change shape, but sometimes taking on board, like you said, a different perspective of how you might handle or, or manage a situation. And this is where the female mind can bring different perspectives and really add another dimension. So I hope to see that that um, improves even further. And certainly I know recently uh, there was some discussion about, you know, does women in chiropractic want to be involved in when we're looking at policies for the ACA? And of course I said, well, absolutely. We may just have a unique idea or a, just a, a tweak that might be really beneficial. Absolutely. And that's probably a good segue into my next uh, question. Um, obviously, the women in chiropractic, as I said in the uh, my intro, is a, a great example of inclusion. But some might argue the opposite, because obviously, the focus is on women. Uh, are we unfairly excluding men here? Well, I, I, this has come up a few times before, and I'm certainly very happy to discuss this. There's, there's two things at play here. Number one, um, in women and chiropractic, we want women to feel safe. So a couple of years ago at uh, one of the conferences, we had a, um, a lunchtime session where we had a panel, um, and there were predominantly women in that room. There was one gentleman who chose to come into that room to listen, and that was fine. But some of the topics that were discussed were very personal, and it takes great courage for women sometimes to be able to share and do that little bit of vulnerability. However, However, what was really lovely is that that room was very respectful and, and at the end we asked for some reflections and that young man who was there said, I'm so glad and privileged that I was allowed to be present in this room. You've just sh shone a light on something I just had never considered in my life, a perspective I hadn't thought of and I really would like to bring that forward into my, my interactions with my partner and you know the women I interact with. So there is... There's benefit from having something that is women only, but there's great benefit from having men included to listen to a different point of view. The same could be said for women who may not understand men's point of view where they're feeling challenged or confined in a box or meeting expectations. Hence my suggestion before of let's really listen to each other. We both have a different, you know, quite a different discourse, but what could we learn for each other that would make everything just that little bit better? One thing I'd like to share uh, with you, firstly, but also with the uh, the, the membership in, in more general, is at a recent board meeting, uh, Nicole Quinn, who's one of our um, new appointed uh, board members for her um, her skill and experience in government lobbying, she's also on a number of boards. One of which is Gotcha for Life, uh, which uh, for those out there who know Gus um, Wallen, who's a radio and television personality. He's done um, an Aussie goes balmy and an Aussie goes bolly. He's the, uh, I guess, um, spokesperson for uh, that particular group. And it's all about um, reversing the tide of declining mental health and increased suicide in boys and men. So while I don't really see a men in chiropractic as being a, um, a committee that will get up and running in, in Australia, certainly as a board and more generally, I think we're aware that a lot of the suicide uh, and very serious mental health problems often happen in men because they don't share like the women do, as you were saying. And we are yeah, looking, absolutely. yeah, we are looking at engaging with Gotcha for Life and running some programs so that just as the women have, you know, a safe place where they can confidently sort of talk about their gender-specific issues, that we can create a similar kind of environment and support for the men as well. Well, you know, I, I think that's um, 
extremely valid point and I would certainly uh, encourage investigating that further. From my own observation in, in practice, there have at times been men who have uh, been uh, clients of mine and may have felt safe enough to confide something that they're really thinking or feeling and they may not share that with you know, anyone else or feel safe in us. So it's possible that culturally men haven't been raised to feel, to be able to feel emotionally open or might feel too vulnerable in front of other male peers. You know, there's that, you know, you've got to be tough kind of concept that, uh, you know, men have often been raised with that is not necessarily always very useful. And certainly I can say with my own, um, my, my husband, there are times when, you know, we've talked about something and I've said to him, well, you know, he's disclosed to me and I said, have you, have you talked about this with your best mate? No, no, I haven't. And mm. I'm like, oh gosh, I said, you'd be horrified if you know what us girls talked about sometimes. Yes. But we actually, we don't do that as like, a, it's not a gossip perspective. It's very much a, geez, I'm going through this. Has anyone else been through this? Oh, I feel better. I'm not the only one. What yeah. did you do? And you, sometimes it's in the talking. You are actually doing your own problem solving, but it's being able to get it out rather than bottling it up. And I'm no mental health specialist, but I think the men that really struggle are those that do bottle up and potentially burst and get to a very traumatic consequence. Yes, we've still got a, a way to go, our, us blokes, but I, but I think we're getting better at it. And certainly, you know, awareness at least is, is certainly improving. Now, now I wanted to talk about um, just some of the practical things that obviously would come up um, at WIC meetings. Um, I want to talk about pregnancy and, and early parenting. Now, of course, the Congratulations, best... Congratulations, oh, yeah. if that's okay. <laughs> Not for me. Uh, a 22-year-old, okay, cool. 24-year-old, uh, I, I hope Pass we're done now, with that. Hey? Yeah. <laughs> My wife will have questions to answer if we're not done for that, that's for sure. Um, but yes, obviously the, the best parenting uh, situation is when mum and dad pl both play active roles and, and indeed in many cases, stay home, uh, carer may be a male, but, but there are physiological differences. We can't breastfeed and we know just from statistics that it's typically the mother that stays home. Um, what are some of the important considerations for the chiropractor who's planning a family? Well, perhaps we should point out that it may also be same-sex couples who choose to raise a family, so Absolutely. it may, might yes. go the other way as well. Um, but as a female chiropractor with a, a male um, partner and, and father, um, yeah, there are, there are certainly things. There's only one person who can breastfeed if that's something that you want to do and if that's something that's actually you can achieve. Um, sometimes that is difficult for women to achieve that as well or they may make a conscious choice not to. Um, but I sort of, you know, I can look to my own experience and uh, I remember um, seeing uh, probably a post in Women in Chiropractic a couple of years ago and, and women were talking about, you know, how the question is often asked, how long into your pregnancy do you work? How soon do you come back? So lots of women were, were weighing in about what they did and some had choice and some did not have choice. Um, mm. And I've always run my own business, so I've tried to sort of plan ahead for that well, how can I do this most cost effectively so it doesn't, you know, denigrate my practice and I still have a foot in the door and people still know I'm around, but at the same time, I actually do want to enjoy that process of being mum. So, you know, financial planning is an important part of it. I did touch on a couple of things in my article and, of course, the parenting guide has been um, shared. That was an initiative by WICBIC, but, of course, at a national level, it's now been looked at and commented on and, and is there for people to consider. I think, um, I think parents should talk to other parents who've been through that so they can find out some of the things that work for them that didn't work for them whether you need to get extra assistance um, and 
the bigger picture is, you know, while often our practices is our, our practice can be our first baby, and certainly that was the case for me. I then became a stepmother and then later mother to children of my, my, my own that I birthed. But your practice has a very important part. But at the same time, who do you go home to at the end of the day? You know, it is your family. So when we're talking about priorities right at the beginning, that first question you asked me, really trying to think through how can you keep all those areas happy? And there are times you'll get it wrong and you need to know that you might get it wrong and things might get out of balance. But recognising that, making sure you've got a support structure in place and trying to recruit all the possible things you could do to help yourself along that journey. I'm glad you mentioned about the parenting guide there, which I think is now available on the on the website, the ACA website. I believe so. Um, one little bit of information that uh, I didn't think about um, that very very important. I think a lot of people stepping out away from practice for a short period of time might decide to to not continue their registration because they might figure they're out of um, going to be out of practice for a, a year or longer. Oh yes, that's a huge issue. Yes, so very difficult to then get yourself up to speed to then get registered again. And maybe it's better to do a four-week locum here and there just to keep your registration status rather than giving it up altogether. Yeah, certainly that's something that came up in that forum some years ago when uh, a woman did share that she had awful trouble sort of getting reinstated. And, you know, I, I, I would question perhaps at a at APRA level that maybe there are ways of accommodating that, not just in our industry, I'm sure it affects other healthcare practitioner industries as well. But if you are female and you have to carry the pregnancy, you may well need to step out for a period of time. How could they be supported to sort of keep their head in the game enough to make sure that we can maintain decent registration status? Um, and certainly, yes, many people don't often think about that ahead of time. Yes. Yep. Well, definitely a, a worthwhile read and some great advice there. Um, so another topic I want to touch on um, recently, obviously, domestic violence and violence against women has been under the media spotlight in Australia. Uh, what advice do you have for men and women on this very difficult and sometimes horrible topic? Well, in fact, we uh, Women in Chiropractic hosted a, a webinar last November. That uh, Bettina was um, overseeing that and interviewing someone from one of the organisations. Um, and that, I believe, is accessible. You can contact ACA to be able to get a chance to listen to that. So that's probably a first go-to for us, our members, to have a listen to that. But, you know, I'm sure it comes down to, again, communication between the genders, uh, looking at ex cultural expectations and what you're buying into and what you think you need to do. Clearly, with domestic violence, control is a very big issue. Um, and, of course, we've just had a, a terrible, terrible example of that in Queensland mm. um, just in this last week. Um, and lots of commentary around, you know, maybe this man was pushed to the edge, but, yes, well, who's pushed to the edge to condone violence? You know, there's that conversation to be had. And, uh, you know, very clearly we can't condone clients' uh, violence. Um, too many women are being damaged. Too many women are being killed and children in this case as well. There is a lot of work to do for our community and we need to know in chiropractic we're not exclusive to this. You know, Rosie Batty will tell you it will hit all socioeconomic classes no matter where you are in life, you'll come across it. And in ways at times that can be very subtle but they can be a yellow flag. So being aware of those things and speaking up to say, hey, that's not cool. You know, perhaps you can handle that a different way. Do you need some help? That would be the things that I would say. Mm. Yes, good advice again. Um, so finally, in sort of summing up, how can chiropractors uh, get engaged with WIC? Um, what sort of uh, services are there out there that, uh, that WIC can offer chiropractors? Well, it kind of depends on your mode of, of um, communication. There's a few things. Um, there is a phone helpline that is connected to um, Victoria that was initiated in Victoria. 
Um, there is the um, Australian Chiropractor Women in Chiropractic Facebook page. I just looked the other day and we've now got over 700 uh, members on that. That is something that women are starting to use more to ask questions of each other and get advice for all sorts of things. You can certainly reach out to your state rep in each area or your southern region managers will know who that person is if you don't know. Um, you can contact me and I can direct you easily uh, um, or speak to you about you know what's available out there. Um, and I think is just talking to each other and knowing that there is help out there. Please ask. We're all in it together to make this better for everybody. Fantastic, Paula. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been really a great time having a chat and, you know, very important issues that we've sort of touched on. And there's a whole lot more information obviously out there for both men and women who wish to attend WIC events. There's quite a few of them obviously happening, happening in early March in the lead up to International Women's Day. And as you said, if you'd prefer, you can get engaged in other ways like a, a helpline or on Facebook. So uh, Paula, thank you so much again for your time. Thank you, Anthony, for the privilege. It's been lovely to talk to you. Well, that's it for me. Thanks for listening. I hope this podcast has been helpful in your quest for excellence. And I look forward to chatting with you again on our next ACA podcast. Mm -hmm.